0: How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. My name is Reagan Harrell, joined by Mr. Manny Burroughs. We have got a very fun episode for y'all today. We're going to do a draft, we are drafting. Uh, baseball team, a little Reagan versus Manny. We're going to post it up on the social medias, let y'all vote on the teams and everything. I'm 0-1. Josh beat me last year. I'm um, doing it well with you, Manny. Hopefully I can have a little bit better luck with the baseball draft this go around. We're going to have a real fun episode with that. And then we are going to have on uh, the 10,000-meter champion in the NAIA Women's Track and Field Championship this year. A great interview, about a 20-minute interview So the last 20 minutes of this episode with Miss Julia Rahm from Southeastern. Have a great, great conversation with her. Generally, just an awesome person. we get to talk about how she has battled uh, to be a, a national champion uh, running the 10,000 meters. Uh, Manny, how, how do you think you could do if you tried to run 10,000 meters right now?
1: I'm a fast guy. I can't run distance. So 10,000 meters, that's not me. That's not going to be me.
0: No, not at all. But uh, Julia certainly was her sport. Like we said, she won uh, the ten thousand meter championship. But uh, Manny, uh, been, been a little bit. How you doing, boss? Chilling, man. I just
1: been enjoying the summer. Uh, it's already a month in. It's crazy to think about that. Uh, been excited to get back to, to recording episodes with you.
0: Yes, sir. Getting back back into it. No, we uh, I recorded a couple of solo episodes, um, and then. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, we've been busy uh, even during the off season. It seems like uh, we've stayed busy, but finally, you know, I softball world series that's gotten wrapped up. I'm going to start pumping out some more suncast con content. As y'all know, um, I don't believe in an off season for content. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling try to have at least uh, an episode once a week. I believe this would be uh two episodes this week. Yeah. We had episode uh, on Monday. Now we have episode uh, today on Friday. So, Hey, happy Friday. Um, everybody that's not in school. Um, again, we got some fun interviews and everything going on. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Manny, if you if you want to go ahead and rock rock and roll into this thing, or how, you, you ready to go? Yeah,
1: I'm ready to go. I, th- I think you should take the first pick. I, th- I think I think you should take the first pick. I think first pick should go to you. I really do
0: Okay, so here's kind of how we're going to do it. If y'all remember it from last year, it's going to be pretty similar. Um, we're going to start with pitchers. We're going to draft our pitchers. Uh, we get one starter and we get one reliever. Um, this is not – we're not trying to get two out of three. It's like an all-star game, all in. Uh, we got one starter, one reliever. We're not going to go um, and, get, and get a bunch of pitchers. be got one starter, one relief pitcher, and then – uh, we'll go back and forth picking uh, the position players. But, I mean, if we're going, if we're going to go – if I have the first overall pick for pitcher, I mean, it's got to be the NAI first-team All-American. It's got to be Mr. Darian Smith with his 127 strikeouts, holding opponents to a 203 opponent batting average – you know, pitched a ton this year, 85 and two-thirds innings pitching a sub-three ERA. I mean, Darian Smith, I feel pretty confident uh, sending him out on the mound for uh, Team Reagan. I can't argue with you on that one. <laughs> you really can't argue with you on that one. Um, For me, I
1: think I'm going to go <clears throat> Sir Blaine Hunter out of uh, your your neck of the woods in Weber International. You know, he was the ERA leader. He just... Had a great season. Um, one of the best pitchers. I think he was a big part of Weber making all the way to the conference championship. When I was down there, I remember when, he, when I was down. Uh, they came down for their game against St. Thomas. He really stood out to me as well. So I, I think I'm confident going with a uh, Blaine Hunter as my first pitcher. oh it's Blaine Huter, not
0: not not Hunter. Huter,
1: I apologize. I apologize. He Blaine Huter. You're right. Blaine.
0: Huter. Have have yeah. You know, Bl- Blaine was great this year. I'm uh, really excited to see him come back. Um, you know, he he's actually my whole thing about Blaine. He is my number one player to watch out for in 2024 on a national scale. I think Blaine Huter is going to come out and be one of the top 3 pitchers in the country in 2024. You know, obviously we got a long ways to go before we start previewing base- baseball season again. I miss it. I miss my baseball and softball already. Mm-hmm but um yeah uh as you can tell that's why our one of our first uh off season episodes we're we're still talking baseball <laughs> so yeah next episode we're gonna do a softball draft so I mean hey there's a little, little pre <laughs> little preview for y'all there but um yeah no I mean B- Blaine's great it's a great pick um we can go we can snake this go ahead and let you get your uh first reliever first reliever.
1: I think I'm going to go with, I believe I have this. He's the one that you call the sheriff, right? Mr. Rob Adams out of Southeastern University. Yes. I think I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Rob Adams, 3.36 ERA, 104 strikeouts. He was another one that made the bullpen for the the fire so
0: impressive. And I don't think that him having
1: being a relief pitcher is going to be a a bad call for, for Team Manny.
0: Well, I mean, we saw Rob, Rob mo- is mostly a starting pitcher, but, um, you know, I mean, Hey, you can go, go, go e- either way. Um, with that, you know, the, the sheriff, uh, ha- had him on, I mean, just, uh, incredible, I- incredible, uh, pitcher, uh, you know, didn't have the year this year that he had last year, but I mean, still excellent arm, uh, to go out there. And we, we've, we've seen Rob be able to have these incredible games. We saw Rob against, uh, Saint Thomas in the conference tournament, a you know good lineup. Go go with the complete game shutout. So not bad. Pick got so you have Blaine Hooter and the sheriff as your pitching staff. You know I'm going to go go with the guy that I've seen out of the bullpen. Come out and get some big, big, big outs for the Southeastern Fire. Um, I'm going to have to go all fire and and the pitching staff. I mean, you just gave me the best relief pitcher um, in NAI baseball this year. Another first-team All-American. Give me Reese Weisinger, .86 ERA, 25 uh, appearances, 24 of them out of the bullpen. And he was a machine with six saves. Now, not a ton of save opportunities for the Fire. They're usually up by more than uh, four four runs uh, heading into the ninth, but yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Reese. So I'll got Darian and Reese in my pitching staff, you have Blaine and Rob Adams. So now we're going to start filling out the defense, filling out the lineup. Uh, Manny, I will let you go on ahead and get your pick.
1: Well, I'm going to stick with the fire theme we've had so far, and I'm going to go Mr. Isaac Nunez, player of the year for the conference 0.433 batting average, 82 runs, 101 hits, 61 RBIs, a 0.73 slugging percentage. He was just amazing from the beginning to the end. I know the fire as a whole were amazing. I know him and Gary Laura really felt like were the ones that had the case for player of the year, but you couldn't go wrong with the other one, and Isaac you're going to fill out the shortstop position very nicely for me, and I I enjoy that one. I'm happy with that one.
0: There's so many good players to to pick from, but I think you got the right guy. I mean, player of the year in the Sun Conference for a reason, batting 433 with 61 RBIs, I'm going to have to go with, with, with someone that just outdid them in the RBI department, though. I'm going to have to go with with the captain for the Weber Warriors over at first base, get my first base spot. I got to go with Angel Diaz, batting 380, 67 RBIs, and 24 stolen bases. So I get that combination of speed and power and a great glove over at first uh, base with my pick. All right. Um, I guess we'll continue to uh, just kind of snake draft this, so – uh, with my so I'll, I'll pick my second now and then you'll pick two and then we'll just kind of go back and forth with the snake draft. Um, man, okay, so, oh, ugh, so a lot of great, a lot of lot of great choices, but man, I just I I, I got to get some pop, I got to get some pop in um in the lineup, and what better way to do that? And hey, I gotta pick my boy here, right? I gotta pick Cully. Give me Steven Colin, twenty-three. Jimmy Jacks on the year with sixty-three ribeye steaks put on the grill. Oh yeah, and he batted three fifty-two. Now he played first base as well. But I like Steve. He, he played a good bit of DH, and I don't think Steve would mind just uh, you know just bat, giving me th- three, four, five at bats. Hopefully, maybe six at bats uh, if we can get rocking and rolling. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Steven Colin as my designated hitter, in my second pick.
1: It's a good pick. Definitely had a Steven up there on the on the players to get list. Um, Because you took Mr. Diaz, and like you said, his 24 stolen bases, he's going to be a threat. I think I got to have a good catcher behind the plate. I think I'm going to go Pablo Lanzarote. I really hope I'm saying that right. I really do think he's up there for one of, if not the best catchers in the conference. I've seen him be able to throw out a lot of people from the plate with his arm and his accuracy is very impressive. I also got to go with him. For the uh hometown field, he is from Venezuela. My family's from Venezuela. I have that relationship, so I gotta go with him here to be my catcher for Team Manning.
0: Hey, nothing but respect there. I mean, a great catcher from behind home play. We've seen him throw out a lot of guys uh, this year. I saw I've seen him in person, seen him in video. Um I've posted videos uh on the Instagram page. I think that's great. You definitely shirt up the defense.
1: Is it my pick again.
0: Yes, yes, you pick again.
1: I'm going to go with – I think it's time that I go with some homegrown Mr. Chris Scholler out of St. Thomas to go second base here. Uh, He – it was impressive to watch him again. I've said it before. This is my first year really being delving into the baseball world. And obviously, bias, I saw Chris almost every single game that I covered – and him being at second base, it was amazing because he passed the eye test. He might not – the stats were amazing, and don't get me wrong, they were. But he also passed the eye test. When I saw him out at second base, it felt it comfortable. Like I could tell that the team understood that he has soft hands. He's going to be very good. He made some amazing catches on the run, made amazing throws on the run, made some great plays. So I'm going to get Mr. Chris Schroeder at my second baseman for Team Manning.
0: Hey, I don't hate that uh that pick at all. I think it uh very very smart. I, I and I just like Daniel Kaler, very smart player. Uh hey, uh, got got tip my cap. That's who I was probably going gonna to have to go with um o- over at second base, but I'll go ahead and take a guy that has impressed a lot over the last two years, and I'm sure don't miss him. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to just continue wearing my Weber hat here, but I'm gonna have to go with Luis Acevedo over at the, uh um at the in the four hole over at second base uh for for the for team Reagan I mean we've se- seen him all year just an incredible incredible uh player for uh Weber over the last few seasons like you said with Chris got really good hands uh can, can run the base as well it's got got a good bit of pop uh for the Warriors as well um oh man now okay now it gets in a, Now we start now we start really thinking, how do I want to go? Where do I? Who do, maybe I can move a guy. No, I got 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 to keep keep everybody in, in their main position. I think that, that that that's the only fair way to go about it. But, you know, I'm not man. Who should I go with it? do I want to go with shortstop now. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. How do I want to go? Cause I want to win this thing. I got to win this thing this year. I can't, I take, I cannot take back to back L's. Um, I'll tell you what I'll go, have to do. I'm just going to have to go over to the hot corner and go get Adonis uh, Herrera from the Southeastern fire. I know I've got a, uh, a bunch of Southeastern and Weber guys at this point, but I mean, Hey, I'm going to have to keep rocking with it. Adonis Herrera was incredible this year, batting 401, 53 RBIs, really good uh, defensive glove. Yeah. Give me Adonis over at the hot corner
1: solid pick another one of on my on my list for sure i think now i'm going to go with mr gary laura out of southeastern be my first baseman again another one that could have had a case for player of the year it really was a toss up i feel like between him and isaac mr laura, 0.35 .385 at batting average 58 runs 89 hits 74 rbis i mean and i've never i've seen and heard of people you know sometimes you want to not give a certain player who can hit the ball just amazingly pitches that he likes pitches that he's comfortable with. And I saw that firsthand with Mr. Laura, when I was watching against the uh, Bobcats, which of the fire and also the tournament pitcher just didn't want to put anything in the vicinity because he has the power to just let that thing go. I remember earlier this year, he was any player of the week because his batting was just on another level. So I'm going to set up my first base in Mr. Gary Laura. So there goes my first base. I got a shortstop and a second baseman. Took my third baseman with Mr. Adonis. I'm not going to lie there. So I think I'm going to go with the first Seahawk off the board here, Mr. Kenny DiClemente. Didn't know too much about him beforehand, but watching him in the tournament, he impressed me a lot. I have the stats right here, if I can find it. 0. 0.368 batting average, 58 runs, 64 hits, 51 RBIs. He also had a 0.701 slung percentage. I remember in that game I want to say it was against Avi Maria, I could be wrong. But when the Seahawks and Giants are going back and forth. I feel like Kenny was one of the ones who really sparked that Seahawks offense and when that Seahawks offense was on point, I feel like it was a big part of him being able to get those hits, being able to get those RBIs. So, I'm going to put Mr. De Clemente out in third base for Team Manny here.
0: Well, De Clemente, that's uh I mean, that's a great pick. I mean, no no uh no no problems with that one at, at all on, on my end. Um Okay, do I want to keep going with just Southeastern and Weber guys and just, just make it an all-Polk County team? Because I, I am kind of shifting that way, but I'm not. I am actually going to have to go uh, with the guy that would uh, come on and loved loved ha- having uh, Tenny and Shahidi on 60 R- RBIs uh, on the year. I mean, a great outfielder, um, made some absolute web gems, which is uh, – seem like the theme for Ave Maria throughout the year. I'm gonna have to go uh with Mr. Shahidi out in, in the outfield, and I'm gonna pair him right up with another. I, my team's gonna hit nukes. That's what I know. I know that for a fact. My team, my team is going to hit the ball out of the yard, and we're playing this theoretical ga- game at Ted a. Bower Field at Southeastern. So we're gonna we're gonna hit about 15 home runs this game, buddy. So um, no, I'm uh, uh, just, just playing, but. um would be cool to have this theoretical game happen but i'm going to go with chase bryant um a, as my uh, other outfielder
1: it's a good pick for sure the first pick for the outfield i think i'm going to go mr kendry noriega in center field call him the flash because that I've seen him make some amazing catches. I've seen his speed be on display. Like you said, I'm sure your team is going to hit nukes. There's no question about it. So to have somebody out there with some speed to cover up those that center field for me, I think is going to be good. And again, the hitting was another thing that he was very good at. Especially when he got on base, because when he got on base, he's another one that ha- that had a stolen, had stolen bases written all over him. Every time he was on first, he was going for second, whether he want whether it was a good call or not. And I respected the intensity with it. He was always going for it, and it was impressive. I'm gonna go with Mister Noriega, yeah, my center fielder. And I think I'm going to go with, again, so this is a hypothetical game, I'm going to go with a dynamic duo to boost their stats. So I'm going to go with Joey Thompson in left field. Since they played a lot together, I think the chemistry is going to work there. I think it's going to be awesome. And, again, it's a hypothetical game. So we're going to just say that the dynamic duo is going to boost their ratings up and they're going to play even better.
0: Okay. So I know we're trying to keep it mostly at position. However, and I'll ask you this, and if you won't let me have them, it's all good. How much would you trust Daniel Kaler to play shortstop?
1: How much would I trust Daniel Kaler at shortstop? I think it's a pretty safe bet. I really do. I I mean, I know he
0: majority second base this. Yeah. But man, 309 batting average. 43 for 44 on the bags. That's what I need for my leadoff hitter. 17 doubles. Oh, man. You know, uh, I mean, you know, going with Tanner Kelly isn't exactly a bad option at shortstop. It's really not a bad option. I'll tell you what, man, I I really want to pick Daniel Kaler. And I honestly may go come back and pick him. But I'm gonna, I, I, we got to keep it position. positioned. We got to keep position by position. I'm going to go with Tanner Kelly as my shortstop. And I believe that leaves me – let me see. Let me see what I got. Um, I need a catcher and an outfielder?
1: I believe so, yes.
0: How have I not gotten a catcher? Okay, well, easy on the catcher, uh, Tommy Diaz uh, from Weber. I mean, over 300 batting average. Uh, for, for Tommy, uh, great behind h- home plate. Um, yeah, I mean 317 uh, total put, put outs for Tommy. Give me Tommy Diaz. Um, okay, yeah, and then back to you.
1: So, I think or is that every
0: is that everything for you, or
1: no? I still have one more outfielder and a DH. Okay, so uh, for my other outfielder, I'm kind of stuck between two. I don't know which one I'm going to take here. Let me look at the, the numbers here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Josh Pigoso. Again, I really hope I'm saying that one right. Pigoso, yeah. Pigoso, he 0. .355 batting average, 77 runs. He was another one that it felt like the fire has so much talent that every game you didn't know who was going to – step up and he had a few games where i remember specifically having to say his name a lot as, on the broadcast and and tweeting about him at the, at the tournament but he just was another one that if you don't respect it if you're not ready for what he can bring you especially when it comes to bat, to swing the bat he's gonna send a couple over the wall he's gonna hit a couple big time rbi so i think i'm gonna go mr josh as my final outfielder and my dh i think i might go a little unorthodox here but I'm going to go Jose Gonzalez. I'm going to get a little bit of a youngster here. I'm going to go Mr. Jose Gonzalez. 0.382 batting average, 62 runs, 78 hits, 55 RBIs with a sledding percentage of 0.367. Again, there's a lot of talent here, but I'm going to go Jose Gonzalez because he really impressed me this year. And it might be another one of those players that we look at moving forward, especially for this Avi Murray team, when they bring people back in the development that uh, could be a, a household name for the conference for years to come.
0: Yeah, I, I I gotta agree with you there, man. Um, okay, so wrap it up. I still need one more outfielder. Um, and then we can each get one extra player. How about that? One one player we can call off of the bench. Um, it's easy for me. Put it, give me Drake Dobianski out in center field, switch hitter, top of the lineup guy, a lot of stolen bases. And I mean, we've all we, we have seen the plays at this point. I mean, I think Absolutely. best the best defensive outfielder in the Sun Conference, and I got. Uh, my Weber guy, and also uh, get to come back and go get Daniel Kaler. Um, honestly, I might put. Yeah, I'm sorry, Louis. I love you, buddy. I uh, love Luis Acevedo, but I'm gonna have to move Louis to my bench player, and I'm gonna put Daniel Kaler over at second base. But either way, I mean, if Louis Acevedo, Daniel Kaler, I mean, can't be complaining. Uh, I mean, whoever you're, that's one of your second basemen. You're just doing here. Right? Right.
1: We're here at this point, man. That's a good problem to have.
0: That's a yeah. good problem to have. All right, and Manny, who is your one player coming off of the bench?
1: I think I'm going to wrap this up with a uh, hometown one. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Brian Garcia, mm. just because he was another one that had a stretch right this year that impressed me. His batting was in that stretch. Was it unbelievable? I believe he even won Sun Conference Player of the Week because of it, and also another outfielder who could mix, mix it up there with some of these great names and even be a little bit of a DA. So I'm going to go with Mr. Brian Garcia.
0: Hey, I, I love it. But um yeah, okay. So those are our teams. All right. So I have Tommy Diaz. So my two starting pitchers, or so my starting pitcher is Darian Smith. I have Reese Weisinger coming out of the bullpen. I have Tommy Diaz behind home plate, Angel Diaz at first. So two Weber guys. Love it. Two Southeastern, two Weber guys, smart. Um, then I'm then I've got Daniel Kaler at second base, his teammate, Tanner Kelly at shortstop, and then Adonis Herrera uh, over at third base. And then my outfield is Chase Bryant, Drake Dobianski, and – oh, crap, who is my other one? um The one I did not write down. Uh, Tini and Shahidi. Yeah, uh, Shahidi. All right, so I got Bryant, Dobianski, Shahidi um, as my outfield. Manny, and what's your team? I got – Mr. Blaine
1: Huter, my starting pitcher, my relief will be the sheriff, Rob Adams. Behind the home plate, I've got Pablo Lanzarote. At first base, Mr. Gary Laura, Second base, Chris Scholler. My shortstop is going to be Isaac Nunez. In the outfield, is going to be Josh Bigoso, Kendry Noriega, Joey Thompson. Jose Gonzalez is going to be the DH. And that extra player that can come in whenever we need will be Mr. Brian Garcia.
0: Gosh, There's so many great names we didn't mention. There's so like we, we really.
1: Oh, and my third baseman, Kenny Clement I don't know if I said that one, but I want to make sure. So yeah, so many, so many the, names we forget what to say them afterwards.
0: We definitely could have done this with a third uh person and still had three really good baseball teams. Yeah, speaks really to this how the how good the Sun Conference baseball is, man.
1: It really does, man. It was a treat for me to be able to watch it. Thank you. For being let me be a part of Suncast, it was a great sure. experience. I'm looking forward to it for next year and the fall and all of it, man. It was fun. What's the
0: What's so, the sport you're looking forward to covering the most, like in the fall and the winter?
1: Oh, basketball for sure. For really sure. You know, basketball is going to be something that I'm going to enjoy covering it. Um, I enjoyed it this year with the broadcast side towards the uh, in the winter because we brought in some some new faces and things were mo- really moving up, and so now to have the man himself helping me out and doing podcast episodes it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be awesome um football is also another one that's a little bit behind i'm not too much of a football guy i think more of a baseball guy than a football guy but i also think just because of the being in dove into it more i'll learn more about the game and i'll be able to cover it so i'm looking on that end to learn something new but for sure basketball is gonna be the one that i enjoy the most
0: Awesome. I know it's weird may sound weird dude I've missed soccer I've missed my Sun conference soccer I'm ready I'm ready to get back in, in with with the with the rivalries the big uh you know Kaiser scad rivalry I'm all in for that uh, I missed I missed the scad Bs, man very fun group Missed Kaiser uh southeastern men's and women's soccer Saint Thomas uh, so, uh soccer and of course I mean the Weber Warriors soccer team yeah i mean sun conference soccer had a nice little run last year um you know I'm, i know that team down in west palm beach kaiser uh, especially their women's team they're going to be looking to get back uh to the final site and bring home another red banner but yeah man that's re- really exciting uh hey again i mean t- speaking of kaiser congrats on winning the fourth straight commissioners cup in the sun conference uh seahawk nation but yeah man I mean football's going to be electric of course I don't uh, really cover that leave that to you and Josh but should be a fun year should be a fun year um and we're all we're all slowly transition into the fall sport uh folks we're um this probably last track interview we're going to do um until uh indoor season uh starts yeah indoor season starts back up again and yeah, so we'll probably get a lot more, uh, the fall sports Start getting some soccer coaches on football coaches. Uh, what other fall sport? volleyball? Uh, those are kind of first start first sports to get started up um, in the fall and we'll start getting ready for the fall and we'll do it all again in the fall and then into the spring. And next thing you know, we'll be heading to year three, four or five. I don't even know anymore, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, again, uh, once again, really appreciate um all of you, Manny. Do you have anything else uh, before we kick it over?
1: Uh, no, I'm also looking forward to both of our senior years of college, man. All right. <laughs> it's almost dude, it's, it's here, dog. It's uh, here. It's I'm here, old. Dude, I'm it's old. Here. We're gonna start adulting. It's not gonna be fun. <laughs> it's not gonna no, be thank fun. You. I just want
0: to I just want to podcast and kick football for the rest. Hey right,
1: man, that's awesome. That's- sounds like the life
0: yeah but okay all right uh we're gonna kick it over to myself and southeastern track star miss julia rom thanks for tuning in to the episode folks okay we welcome on a very special guest it is the national champion for the ten thousand meter and the uh, women's track and field this year is julia rom from southeastern university julia how's it going
2: Doing pretty good. I'm still kind of in uh, shock about what happened, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I guess it's a pretty good way to uh, start off. I mean, let's talk about it. Look, I mean, you've already had a great career. You had a great freshman and uh, soft, sophomore year at Southeastern. Uh, where 2018-19, you were uh, All-American in the 3,000 meter. In um, 2019, you were across, or sorry, your sophomore year, you were uh, a cross-country All-American. But the final pinnacle the mountaintop is getting the gold medal winning the the race you did that this year for the ten thousand meter uh it does really kick off the the track uh championships uh in the outdoor this year i mean can you just tell us what's going through your mind as you're crossing the finish finish line to bring home the the championship
2: um i'm pretty sure i kept repeating i can't believe that just happened i can't believe that just happened after i finished Um, I was just I was honestly kind of in shock because looking at the seed times of the other girls in the race I was like there's no way I should be winning this I was like maybe I'll get you know fifth or something like that but I was I I just couldn't believe it I was just like praise the Lord because that was like a miracle.
0: And it, it seems so awesome. And I saw you cross the finish line, like you just look dead. And like it look, I, I we were talking before we recorded, we, we we're both uh former soccer players, but I was lazy. I, I I was the goalkeeper. I'm like, I'm sticking back here. You were a midfielder, so I can kind of see that uh that that how that works. But you know, in soccer, that's more of a team game. Running the 10,000 meters, that's you out there all on your own. But what I saw in the video, Julia, was all your teammates, when they saw you cross that finish line, they just go absolutely berserk. I mean, you just talk about the, you know, what like the Southeastern track family means to you.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, it's definitely a family. Like our team chant will be like fire on three, family on six. That's what we do. And it's crazy. Like I'm I'm usually one of the only distance runners who makes it to nationals, but it doesn't feel that way when i'm racing because everyone they were at like all four corners of the track cheering me on they were like singing my name it was crazy but uh it was just so cool to just have them there and just like hugging me and like freaking out with me after the race um i love them a lot i'm definitely gonna miss being a part of that as an athlete
0: yeah, but, I mean, hey, what what a way to, like, uh, you, and just to make sure that, that that was your last race, correct? That right? was,
2: well, yeah, this Outdoor Track Nationals was my last college meet, so. Yeah,
0: I mean, why, well, I mean, w- what a way to go out, I mean, like, to, to reach the mountaintop. We talked uh, just a minute ago about how you, you had been close in a, a, other races and you've been All-American, but you looking at your story you know, you said in high school, you weren't exactly one of the fastest runners, but you, you made so, so many strides. I mean, can you talk about your journey just from your, your, where, when you started running uh track and field and, you know, cross country to where you are now. And you talk about that journey and what it means, you know, finishing on the mountaintop.
2: Sure. Yeah. So it- I ran cross country in high school just because I I enjoyed running and I did it to stay in shape for soccer. Actually, Uh, I didn't run track till my senior year, but it was kind of just like an extension of cross country because I did the distance events. And then coming into college, I had like barely broken 20 minutes in the 5k in cross country. Um, And the cross country coach at SU told me I'd come in maybe as like their seventh runner, which is like, in top seven is varsity. Um, so I was like, all right, I need to be the seventh runner. And I was putting all this pressure on myself. And then I, I eventually came to the realization that I was like, it, you know, I need to stop doing this and just run because God's given me this opportunity and I want to do the best that I can and just have fun with it. And once I kind of took that pressure off, things started like clicking into place. It was crazy. Um, I Our first meet, my freshman year, I ended up coming in first for our team, which I was like, this is insane. And then it just kept building from there. Like, I dropped a minute and 45 seconds off my high school PR my freshman year. And then um, thankfully this past year, I've been able to further that down. Um, I ran a 1745 in cross country and then I PR'd in the 5K in track with a 1708 at national. So it's crazy to go from like just under 20 minutes to like a low 17 and I guess five years. Um, but I would just say a lot of that is, well, it's attributed to God for sure, because I just feel extremely blessed with um, the opportunities that he's given me, um, but also just a lot of hard work. I was a nursing student in college and my schedule was insane. <laughs> um, so definitely a lot of stress, but I, I, you know, made sure to always get my runs in, my lifts in, and um, just not cut corners, and I think that that has really helped me be a successful athlete.
0: You know, I was just uh, actually on the episode, so we're, we are recording, it's a little behind the scenes for everyone listening, we're recording on Monday, this episode will come out later this week, but on the episode that dropped uh, this morning, I had on Keshawn Franklin, and he talked Uh, a lot about how his relationship with God really helped him uh, develop on and off the track. And it seems like it was the same for you. But you know, something I I find so interesting with with track athletes, and like yours yourself, your top end ones, they always talk about being able to PR at the right time. Like you said, you, you get your fastest time in the biggest moment. It's not just a a fluke thing where it's like, hey, one day, you're feeling really good. You train for this one specific day. Can you just talk a little bit about preparing you know for running the 10,000 meter in the championship like what is the like how long is that process where it's like okay I'm now training solely focused on this race and like what is the preparation days or maybe even weeks before look like
2: wow well I think for these big events it's definitely trusting the process and trusting your coach because they developed a training plan for you for you to peak at the right time so we want to peek at nationals and that kind of thing versus like a month or two earlier. So definitely understanding like the coach's training plan and trusting that process. And then just like kind of the days and weeks leading up, um, definitely having like a couple faster, like tune up workouts to just keep your legs turned over and like mentally be in that racing space. And then, um, I guess a couple days before I kind of think a lot about, you know, I need to be sleeping good and making sure I'm eating enough food because you burn a lot in a 10 K. So, yeah, I think those are definitely some major things that I think about leading up to a big race like that.
0: So right, I got to know what's the pregame meal look like for for the big uh, 10k the the day of the championship what was the pregame meal and let, let's get let let's let the younger athletes listening you know kind of like right bring out your pencil and paper start writing this down we're talking to a champion here folks
2: okay so I think the secret to my success is um, eating bananas with peanut butter that is like I pound that like every day so I think the morning of I had that I had like some eggs and spinach or something like that and um, but nothing like too heavy right before the race because then you're gonna have a cramp and throw up so you got to be careful with that.
0: I can't do bananas. I'm sorry. That's like the one I, I cannot banana slush smoothie. Uh no, I and I everything else you said love it. Peanut butter, sure, spinach all for it. But bananas, I don't know what it is. That and like it's not like a texture thing. It's like I I like like uh like sushi and like spinach isn't you know, a lot of people that say can't do it for the texture, but like right. banana, I'm just like, no, no, can't can't do, Maybe okay,
2: more for me, more for me. I'll take it.
0: More for you. Hey, you know, maybe that's why I'm a punter and you're the you're the track track athlete. I like. Catch, do it, do a couple uh, steps, and then kick the ball and let everybody else go and run after it. That's, that's, usually, that's usually about about all I'm good for. And I'm like, oh, give me the Gatorade, coach. I'm about re- ready to uh, sit down. There you go. But um, I I gotta ask, you know, being being a, soc- a soccer guy, you 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 a former soccer player, you know, something similar that we had to do was make a decision, which was ultimately to hang up the cleats on an awesome game. Like I I'm sure you you love soccer. I, I love playing soccer, but. For me, it was either, okay, it's either college soccer or college football. I chose football. You chose uh track and field. Can you just talk about, you know, the, the process of that, uh, you know, having to pick one sport yeah. over the other?
2: That was crazy because growing up, like, soccer was, like, my life, probably to an unhealthy point. But I was, like, right, dead so. set on becoming a college soccer player. Like, that was my goal since, like, seventh grade. um and I did achieve that goal I I played a semester at Southeastern um but when I like verbally committed to play there because I was kind of like a walk-on I wasn't on scholarship or anything for soccer the soccer coach reached out to me and was like hey you you're a pretty decent cross-country runner what do you think about running cross-country and playing soccer and granted those are both fall sports and I was like uh is that possible And he was like, yeah, we'll work with you. So I did that my freshman year and it was like insane. I'd have like a run in the morning soccer practice right after lift in the afternoon some days. So it was just, it was a lot. And um, it was a little stressful to do all of that. Um, And it was crazy because I had always loved soccer so much, but um, I was used to playing a lot and like, I did not play a lot. I was benched and I, I was a good soccer player in high school because I could run my butt off. But in college, my technical skills were a little bit lacking compared to a lot of the other people. So I felt like I was a little bit out of my league. And then I ended up having all this success in running. And I was like, what? Like, this is not how I was planning on things going. Um, And I would just say the cross country team was a big factor. Like, I just made a lot of really good friends on that team. Um, and really, they're like my family. And um, after that first semester, my freshman year, I decided um, to, to quit soccer. And I really felt like that was what God was calling me to do, which was crazy, because I never thought that that would be the choice that I would make. But I am really, really glad that I made that decision. And I think that um, like running has been so much more. And the community has been so much more than I could have ever dreamed of.
0: It certainly sounds like you made the right decision and you've had, you've now made friends and built relations relationships through the players and the coaching staff, Coach Dotson, um, runners more than players. I'm not really sure the terminology there, but um, you know, I'm sure you have so many great memories about your time running uh, for the Southeastern fire. Is there one or two stories that, that really stood out? Uh, to you in your career as a southeastern fire
2: sure i think one of the biggest moments was when we won our first conference track meet um because i was part of the inaugural track team in 20 i guess it was 2019 um and it was a it was a huge deal because i think we were going into the last couple events it was like we had the 5k left and the 4x4 and we were in like maybe third and then I went. I finished first in the 5K, and then two of my teammates finished two and three, and then we had a girl finish eighth. So we scored like a total of 25 points in the 5K, and we weren't expecting to do that. And then we like bumped into first, and then our 4x4 team was awesome, so we won that. And then we ended up winning our first Sun Conference, and we were just all so hyped because we were like, we're this little startup program. Don't have any titles to our names or anything like that, and it was just such a amazing moment. I remember we were all just like freaking out. It was it was great.
0: You know, I had on Coach Dotson uh, a couple months, uh, not a couple, maybe about a month or so ago. But anyways, I had him on uh, shortly after uh, y'all won another Sun Conference uh, title, and he, he talked a good bit about that inaugural group for uh, both sides. Uh, yourself. Uh, 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 Joseph Taylor uh, as well we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Joseph I know y'all had the same major Uh, it's a great major at Southeastern we'll talk a little bit more about that but you know coach Dotson he brought in this group and he had a vision and y'all certainly executed it you know winning uh, championships uh, and outdoor uh, you and Keyshawn this year and obviously winning the indoor uh, t- title this past year. I mean, can you just talk about uh, Coach Dodson and you know what? What was his message to you to you know uh, really get you um, into running track at Southeastern?
2: I think Coach Dodson is just such a motivational person. Like mm-hmm. every time he'd give a speech, like on the charter bus before a meet, he'd be like, "This is a business trip," and he would just talk about like all these you know, that we need to represent our school. We, you know, we got to work hard. We got to lock in all these things. And every time he'd give his motivational speeches, I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to die for this team is how I would feel <laughs> most of the time. Um, and yeah, it's it's been just really cool getting to be a part of that. And he believes in us. And I would say Coach Kurtz, he's the distance coach. Um, so I definitely work more with Coach Kurtz than I do with Coach Dodson. But I would say both of them, they give people like they believe in people and they give people a shot. Like I wasn't the greatest cross country runner coming into college, but coach Kurtz gave me a chance and trained me and told me, Hey, like, you know, if you do this, you're going to see progress. And then I started to, I've started to see that progress. And um, it's just, it's really cool when someone believes in you and you believe that following what they say and putting in the work is going to, happen it it does so that's been really cool
0: uh, I bet you know I mean it just sounds like such a, a tight knit uh community with southeastern track I mean from the coaches like uh, coach dot coach Kurtz all the way down to uh the athletes uh, long distance like yourself to the sprinters uh at, at southeastern but you know you and Joseph Taylor are both part of that uh it, it seems like it's like a good community there at the nursing program of uh, Southeastern. No, that's, you know, can't can't run track track and field forever, unfortunately. Uh, but that right. that does seem like the that's what you uh wanted to do in Southeastern provided you uh that route. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the nursing program at Southeastern and you know how that's you know developed you now for the next chapter of your life.
2: Sure. Yeah. I will say that being in nursing school and being a college athlete is like the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. There were there were some days where I was like ugly crying and like, God, I can't do this. But, you know, he helped me get through it. Um, So it was definitely challenging. Um. There were some things that I didn't like about the program, but things, they've been making changes, which has been really good, and and honestly, it was just really hard. They held us to really high standards, but I think that that has prepared me well um, to be a nurse, um, and I've actually been working as a nurse the past year, because um, I used my COVID year this past year, um, so I work in the trauma ICU at Lakeland Regional Hospital, and um, yeah, it's just It's it's crazy. Like, I can't believe that I'm a nurse already, but uh, it definitely I think Southeastern, they focus on nursing being your calling. And it really is a calling. And I, I love that they have that mindset and, you know, train us not only in skills and knowledge, but also to be the hands and feet of Christ to people who are really hurting in the hospital and wherever we encounter them.
0: Uh, and that that's incredible. It seems like they prepare y'all uh, so well, and you know, Southeastern in general has prepared you well for life. You you uh, you developed as you you walked on uh, basically to the soccer team, and then you go to the, the cross country team. You're all American, and now you're a national champion. Uh, Julia, thank you so much uh, for coming on. If there's anything else uh, you'd like to talk about, speak on uh, the mics, uh, all yours.
2: Um, Well, I guess I just want to say thank you so much. I I think I never realized how much a platform that like running could be. But um, I would just say it's been like really cool to just have lots of people reach out or just say good job or just tell me that they're inspired because I guess I never realized how big that like how big of an influence that running could be. And um I'm kind of hoping that my running career isn't completely over I'm like man if I maybe if I train for a little bit longer I can get a little bit faster but we'll see for now I'm just going to be uh working as a nurse but I'm going to help out with the cross country and track team this next year um when I'm finishing up my master's degree so um I'm excited to see how our team continues to progress and hopefully hopefully we'll make some more national champions so
0: Heck yeah, you know, it's it's a fun part. I love hearing when athletes love their sport, uh, they're done with their college career, but you're going back, you're getting your master's at, at, at Southeastern, correct?
2: Yep. Yeah, getting
0: getting your master's at Southeastern and, and then going and helping a new generation of fire track stars. That's, that's incredible. But once again, Julia, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for coming on, telling your story. Uh, great, great having you on again. Congratulations, national champion. What a way to finish off your track career and everyone listening. Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode. Uh, have a great, great, great weekend and we will catch y'all next week.